live from the apocalypse, the saddest place I can imagine is inside of a subway. This is state of the game. I'm, I don't have sponsors, so I'm doing anti-commercial. Uh, where I host <laughs> subway restaurant, yeah. Yeah, Subway. Don't eat there. Um, so <laughs> I am Dano, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I went to uh, I went to my wife's work party yesterday. And, uh-huh. and I, I was not embarrassed. She thought I'd be embarrassing, and I wasn't. So I went. Anyway, uh, also, the thing you need to know <laughs> is my son met Iceberg Theory today. Uh, Whoa. And uh, lost a tooth in his rocking chair. So that was that was interesting. <laughs> Got up to Iceberg Theory and the Tooth Fairy um, for doing great work. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was a heck of a weekend, man. Yeah, yeah. Iceberg Theory is awesome. He's such a nice guy. Uh, my son came away being like, I like Iceberg. Like, you just a <laughs> nice dude. Does he have a treacherous rocking chair? No, no. My son had been had a loose tooth for like a while and it just happened. Oh, okay. He was holding his face, going to the bathroom. Um, yeah, events happen. All over you, around you, when you're a parent, it's awesome. Um, also, okay. Look, so my co-host joins me every week. Uh, you know, the jelly to the jam. We're here. We're talking about K Diggy. My son had a game uh, this weekend, and there's nothing. It, it was weird because I was watching the parents of the kid he guarded console him. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You'll do better next week. And I was like, wow, Junior's into it. So uh, I appreciate, like, yeah, appreciate You're it. like T. Morant. What's Ja Morant's dad? You're like Ja Morant's dad. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling on the sideline. Uh, but it's 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 a heck of a watch. It's fun to watch it. Zilla's kid was playing, and my kid were playing at the same time. We were texting each other stats. <laughs> uh, stats. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's it's been fun. And shout out to, we we have an incredible guest here at that party, that that drunken party uh full of people my wife works with. I asked a question, random question to everybody. How tall are you when it becomes when your height becomes like a celebrity thing? Yeah, you know, when people look at you like you're important because you're taller than most people. They said mm. six was the cutoff, and I immediately thought of Def C, because Def C is tall, and it <laughs> anyone talks about when pictures of Def C come out, when Def C standing next to normal sized people, uh, it's 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 what they talk about. So I definitely thought about Def C. Thank you for joining us, sir. Hey, thank you, man. I don't know. I I think I kind of resent the idea of uh, being abnormally heighted, but you know. <laughs> Uh, I think I could. I think I could live with it. You know what I mean. I think I can live with six six being a celebrity height. Most celebrities are not very tall, though. I will say that. Right. No. It's, it's that like you're so tall, people look at you like you're a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, ooh, that's an important thing. That that's that's tall. You know. 
Uh, and so that, that becomes a, a deal uh, at a certain height. So it's, it's, but yeah, I'm so happy to have you. You're, you're one of my favorite interviews in rap right now. Uh, it's been great at talking about the craft and your process and releasing great music. And it's, I love hearing people argue about you. I love hearing people discover you and be like, this Def C, I don't know, I like, I don't know, I'm, or I'm falling into it, or pe people banding it about. It's really incredible uh, to, to hear. Uh, it's great to have you in those conversations. Word. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's It's been, uh, I've been very fortunate that people like uh, yourself and Kay and Dash have been tuning into my music because I think you guys also have very, um, are, are seen as resources for, you know, really interesting hip hop music that might be under people's radars. So I appreciate you guys, all three of you really in your own ways, championing what it is I do because, you know, like I was telling, uh, I was telling somebody yesterday um, at the in-store, I was saying like, you know, people like me and mother nature and, I'm sure there's a very long list of rappers I could also yeah. name, like, who defy categorization, oftentimes fly under the radar because people don't know how to pigeonhole you. Um, and so, but, like, I always know that people like the three of you who know what they're talking about when it comes to hip-hop have been putting on for me. And so that makes it easier to, like, you know, to feel like that love kind of means a little bit more. So I appreciate all three of you guys, and it's good to be here. That's awesome. And we have uh, the pillar holding Hip Hop DX afloat. That's <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yo, Dash, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little speechless right now. Thank you for having me. Um, always a pleasure to talk with all y'all. Really yep. excited to do it again. Yep. Dash Lewis, an, an intelligent, analytical gentleman that speaks in quiet poetry. I'm glad to have you. Um, and we're, we're talking about flow. This is the flow fantasy draft. Um, and I was thinking about flow in general, right? Uh, uh, forgive me, I'm wearing my son's glove for no reason. Um, but I'm, I was thinking about flow in the general sense. Flow is one of the things that, to me, makes hip-hop so different uh, in the sense that there's so many rappers that I have disliked passionately and they hit a point where their flow connects to what they're saying, to how they're delivering it in a way that is undeniable. And my opinion doesn't matter and I know they're really good. Right? Like, it's kind of undeniable. There's an undeniability to the flow where there's people that once you hear them, that's it, you know, uh, and and that's kind of that's an interesting thing to me that uh, there is that kind of it's almost mathematical, right? Like, so can you think of anybody, Dash? Can you think of anybody who had that kind of thing where everybody knew this was special right off the bat? Uh. I mean, the one that I remember, or one that I 
is might be wrong, but I think meets the criteria is Freddie Gibbs. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It's okay. the first time I heard Freddie Gibbs. I I mean I only needed to hear one song back in like 2009. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is. I'm a fan, and I've been a fan. He hasn't done anything that I've really that I've hated. He hasn't done anything that I've really disliked. Honestly, he's never like he's he's gone in all these different lanes and he's made all this different kind of music. But his flow is pretty unbreakable. And yeah, it's just it was I got floored the first time I heard him. Yeah, he just he just sounded like a race car that could shift into lots of speeds. You know, uh, just like oh man, there's so many different places for this flow to go. Um, yeah, that, that's a great one. Defsy, do you have any that, that's to come out in your mind? or In terms of, you know, people whose deliveries I recognize for how good they were, like the minute I heard them. Not just you recognized it, but you felt like a wave of everybody recognized it. Um, hmm, probably Lupe. Lupe. I think in Chicago, at least. I think Lupe, like, was somebody who, um, every time people heard him rhyme, it was, like, immediately, like, you know, almost almost what I imagine New Yorkers felt when they heard Nas for the first time, where it's like, okay, this person is now the one from the city. This mm -hmm. is the person who's, like, who's young and hungry and out rapping everybody and doesn't sound like anybody else out. Um, I think definitely was somebody who fit that profile for sure. And his live at the barbecue would be Touch of the Sky, right? Or at the... the uh, man, I think, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. That and Kick Push. I know Kick Push was... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a great pick. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what, yeah, flow is just something that is immediate, that is kind of in your face, uh, but it's also technical, you know? Uh, so it is that kind of combination of interesting things. And that's why the flow draft is interesting to me because, as I said in the breakdown, like, the flow draft is not to crown the perfect team of flow. To me, it is about uh, telling us what you value, mm -hmm. in flow, right? Uh, what aspects, what attributes you value and that you want close to you. Uh, so that's, that's where that pick comes from. And we should we talk about the people that weren't picked first. Talk about some interesting exceptions. We get... Do-do-do. So, yeah, I got the, the doc up here. Um, talk about – oh, I'm, I'm not going to talk about Mike Schaub anymore because I think I'm in the middle of writing about Mike Schaub. I'm going to do a full Mike Schaub thing uh, because I've been listening to a lot of Schaub, so I'm very into it. So – talk about what we talk about first oh prem rock i want to talk about prem rock for a second because there there was a one of the 20 discords that i'm in there was like uh 
somebody talking about Prem Rock, and they said he sounds like someone who's in everybody's DMs, that he has like a pervy flow. Um, I, I thought that was very funny. And I was immediately struck like, oh, I wish I could sound sexual like that. I never sound sexual, even when I am. Um, so, I, you know, <laughs> to, to, um, for having, you know, that, that attribute. But that's, that was a very funny thing uh, to hear. Um, people discovering his flow. And he's just, he's so good right now. Prem is so good right now. Um, yeah. And I think also, I think one of the things I really rock with about uh, his flow, too, is how, like, jazzy it is in the true sense of that word. Not yeah. just, like, smooth, not laid back, but, like, really like a, like a, like his flow, his cadence is kind of like a drum solo in a jazz track. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. but it, but without sounding corny, without sounding like it's trying too hard, that's what I really rock with about Prem's work as, you know, in terms of his flow and his delivery. It is, yeah, very jazzy, very smooth and like, but not, not hoity-toity. There's still like an immediate kind of uh, athletic efficiency to Prem. Like I've seen him live and it, it just, he was just in command every second and like he's been doing this forever and he, he's very doing it very well and there was no gasping there's no you know he's just technically you know perfect with it so i love that um, i think he's really deceptive too i think he just like he's got this kind of on an, on first listen he sounds laid back or sort of like maybe even aloof and then the more you listen to him the more you understand like how he's playing with rhythm and his like he's kind of a, a master of it i think it's just this sort of like understanding pockets and knowing when to push them and when to sort of retreat a little bit he's got a really interesting technical mind that is not evident until you spend some time with him but once you do it's just super rewarding That's awesome. yeah agreed 100 percent. well and, and to your point dash like uh, prem is someone who knows he sounds cool and will use that to trick you into saying something silly or embarrassing and say it in a cool way that you won't even know, it, right? That you, you'll have to like listen a, a few times to be like, is he just, what? You know, is that a reference to the 1986 finals? Like, what is that? So he's, you know, he knows how his flow can, can trick you into comfort and he knows how to shake you out of that comfort. Uh, which I really, I really enjoy about his work. Um, yeah. So, Defsy, anyone that you didn't pick on your team that you wish you had been able to? Um, I mean, I think there are some pretty egregious um, snubs here, but I was trying to put together the the five like a, a five, a starting five that would be able to cover all the bases. I was trying to draft like an actual GM would. Um, right, right. So I felt that this was, but like people like Kane and G-Rap and Rakim and, you know what I mean? And like, there are just a lot of obviously Biggie and Pac 
I think that there are a lot of people on this list um, that really laid the, the foundation for how a lot of people rap now. People like Slim Thug, who, uh, you know, are excellent when it comes to picking pockets, Snoop, you know. And then I think people like Sean P are uh, very underrated in terms of their ability because people are so focused on what they're saying as they're rapping. And I think it's the same with Jay-Z, too. You could probably say the same with Jay-Z. Yeah, I don't... So, yeah. yeah. Your point, I think Sean P... Sean P, I don't think, was somebody who was ever fully understood during his lifetime. Um, I went to watch Sean Price live, uh, and it was he was like opening for Brother Ali, and he was on this loaded ticket. And every uh, there was you know audience full of white kids were this is New England, and they're like this is hardcore, and I was like guys you're missing this guy's hilarious, like. This isn't just a hardcore dude. This is a funny dude. This is a heartfelt person. Like, uh, there's there's so many dimensions that you're missing from what he's doing. Uh, I, I just felt that in the room, and I felt that in the way he was covered. Really, yeah. Yep. So. Good times. So, like, yeah, we should. Should we? Yeah. Uh, anybody dash that you didn't get to put in your five, but they would be your six. Hmm. Yeah. I I picked my five. Um. Like I, I, I in the email chain, I had some clear <laughs> issues understanding what we were doing. Right, right, right. Um, I picked my five just because I was trying to, to um, I don't know, find, I mean, some they're definitely some of my favorites, but some of the, the weirder ones, I guess. Oh, um, yeah. You, or maybe so, so obvious or, or so, like, I don't know. They're like, I think everybody on this list is really important, but the five that I chose, I think, are very niche. And um, I guess that's what I was looking for. But I think, like, uh, I like that DMX is on the list, and that is one that I, I probably would have put on my team because his flow was like this very strange staccato kind of like syncopation that was really simple and hit the. I, he was able to like just kind of leapfrog over rhythms in this very like direct way that I think no one really gave him that much credit for how like nimble he was. Mm great writer but he was able to like he was really he jumped around a lot in this really like kind of forceful way that you don't really hear that much yeah he was seemed like he was part of the school of mc we're not going to see anymore it was like you know dmx jay-z l cool j these are people that started like battling right and had been battling and battling for years and then like got a contract and by the time they got the contract, their breath control was crazy. They they already had like flow, you know, multitudes. Um, yes, they already had their ten thousand hours of practice. Yeah, yeah. So I think had, one thing about him, one thing about about DMX, is how he was able to build tension with the, his flow. 
Like he could, he could sort of speed up the ends of bars and and raise his inflection in a way that sounded like a motorcycle revving up. And he could just do these kinds of like these textural things that yeah. I don't think anyone really like. I mean, sure, certainly he was appreciated for it, but I don't think it was it was never really the focus of like any criticism or any any like praise about him really. He knew, yo, uh, my bad. I hit the stop, start video instead of the mute. Um, I think DMX, I think rappers really um, don't think about how syllables fall on the notes of the mm. beat, right? Like, and that kind of change will change your understanding of flow and cadence and delivery. And DMX was somebody who was kind of pitch perfect when it came to his rap style. Like every syllable, you know, even if the writing maybe wasn't as intentional, the delivery always was. And it always sounded like him 100%. He was so genuine in everything that he was saying. It really felt like that was his space to be able to articulate maybe some of the things that he was wrestling with in ways that he couldn't in a lot of other avenues of his life. And I think when you have that additional urgency, um, it means that the the music can just kind of pour out of you. And that's what made DMX's flow so special, you know? And one of the things that made him such a special artist too, and the kinds of things that we don't really think about when it comes to flow or delivery, but like the emotionality of it, or the, I don't know if emotionality is a word, but you know, the, uh, <laughs> You know, like the amount of the amount of uh, the weight of everything he was saying. So, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, great point. And for me, I think. Okay, I wish I had room on my team for Styles P. Uh, like, I probably wouldn't, even if I had another spot. Right, I would have to do Scarface, or I'd have to, you know, but Styles P has so much blunt force in his flow you know that the impact of his songs was just on a different level you know um and a great styles p song felt like it had the power to, to mow through the wall you know um i just uh, yeah i loved his force yeah and, it is and styles is yet again somebody else who is super sincere in his delivery, 100% genuine at all times. Like he doesn't, and somebody who like wrote like Jay and Wayne, where he just wrote in his head because he thought his mind, he would overthink it if he wrote it down with pen and pad. So Styles is somebody else who's, you know, gonna rhyme from an emotional space. And I think uh, like the song, Gangster and a Gentleman, where he's talking about, uh, wanting to buy a, buy a pair of Jordans. And he says, uh, my mom said to said, wait till Christmas, but I needed them sooner. If you heard that I was broke, dog, it wasn't a rumor, you know, something like that. The, the weight of what he's saying and like how important it is, like definitely super heavy. And, and yeah, to your point, Def C, anybody who was like trying to think about that sincerity and authenticity, go ahead and look up the recent Math Hoffa interview with Styles P, where Styles P, it like gets out of his chair 
and it's like staring into everybody's eyes and really sincerely going over his emotional state during different points of his career. Like that blunt force that I described was, was capturing his real energy, you know, uh, that's, it, it's, it, if you can kind of capture a hundred percent of who you are in your delivery, you're in a much better place. Uh, and I think he was really able to do that. It wasn't a fabrication. It wasn't something uh, that was a persona. He was he was right there in your face. So I, I always like that respect. Um, yeah, my favorite D block locks member. Uh, yeah, so good times. Uh, yeah, Kay, have you made your official picks, or should we go over your team? Uh, I'll go. I'll go based off what y'all do. Well, we have. We already have our teams picked. We can announce them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I I will. I can go first. The uh, easier. Uh, so my I'm gonna find my first. Oh, there we go. All right, it, Teller Banks is my first pick. Because I'm riding or dying with Teller Banks. This is what I've chosen to do. Um, I listening to Teller Banks is so exciting to me. Um, the, the because I genuinely I've talked to Teller about his flow and about his writing process. I think Teller trusts how smart he is, and he lets his flow kind of dictate his writing. And you can hear him playing with phrases and pulling apart things in, in a way that feels so free. Uh, and and I just love that and, and engage with it. Uh, yeah. And you can, you can hear how much he values Wayne. It's awesome. Uh, so that's my first pick. My second pick was Rock Marciano. I mean, negative space is probably the the best description, right? Like the king of negative space, uh, the king of pausing. Pausing is a stressful thing to do sometimes when you're performing, right? Being able to sit there, hold it, be confident that it'll come. It's not easy. That's why a lot of people are going fast. Uh, he is very aware of negative space, very aware of how he wants to use his instrument and his flow, and I, I adore it. Um, Little Sims, third. Uh, uh, they, there's, I mean, it's, it's that, you know, there's a mixture of that kind of Afro-pop sound with the UK sound, and there's a clarity to the diction. Little, I, I understand every single thing Sims says, um, and I've heard Sims do lots of different types of songs with the voice and with the flow. There's a durability to it. Uh, I, I think Sims is going to be around for a while, for a long time. Very successful. Um, Flo Millie is my fourth pick. Uh, I think this year, I was I said Flo Millie took the place of why I used to listen to Megan The Stallion. Uh, like there was a just an impact 
just a punch you in the face impact with with slow Millie that that captures me that I absolutely adore. I love like Godzilla albums, right? Def C released a Godzilla album this year where you kick down the buildings and you let everybody know you should be afraid of me. You should get prepared because I'm here now. And that's Flow Millie's flow is like that to me. Um, I switched my fifth pick. It was originally E40. So talk about how, you know, he was being ostracized for being a weirdo in a world that hated weirdos. And then now we're in a world where that is influenced by his flow. Everybody's written that story. I changed my pick. Going, be real. Be real from Cypress Hill, who does not get the historical acclaim a lot of times. Uh, but uh, pitched up his voice in this interesting way and made it a part of his flow, which was incredible. And uh, and specifically, like, such a wonderfully Latin flow. You know, there was, there was lines like, hey, oh, Ruka, you and me should hop, you know? And you were just like, what? You know, it, that was not in the pop sphere, right? Uh, and so much energy, and the hooks were incredible. The way he used his voice was great, and the flow was impeccable. Be Real still kills features whenever he's brought in. He just murders features. Like, he's still rapping at a really high level. Um, one of my favorite flows. What formative flow for me. So that's my five. Kind of wanted to reach out and have everything, right? UK, uh, Latin influence. Uh, you know, I wanted a little bit of, of, of everything, uh, you know. New school. So what do you like when you were when you were evaluating the flows, what was your criteria? Like what are, what did you value regarding the flows that you chose? I basically wanted to because I love so much of so many of these different folks, I just wanted to be the people who are magical whenever they deliver from all these different areas, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted there to be uh, not just women, but uh, women from, you know, different places and different different flows, different ways of, of rap. So I wanted to capture a lot of S different essences, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I hopefully did that, right? I, you know, so that I, I feel good about that team of, uh, because everybody sounds really different, really interesting, and is is high high level. But I really, I'm bummed out that I didn't get Kelly Chris. But that is that is mm -hmm. the worst. <laughs> uh, Dash, do you want to talk about your team? Sure. Yeah. So uh, my number one was Kelly Chris. And uh, I, I picked him simply because I've never heard him sound the same on any verse or any song. Oh. I talked to him about it um, when I interviewed him this past summer. I was like, how do you do this? And his answer was basically like, I can't, I can't, I can't do something that I've done before. I can't do something that I've heard anyone else do before. Right. I have to do something different. Otherwise, I trash the whole thing. And it, to me, his flow, his ability um, 
to change his flow is what makes him so unique. He's just such a creative, curious, like boundary pushing artist. And I, it just, it means to me, it just, he is a, I think he's just, he's got the whole package. He just like, he, he is constantly reinventing himself and staying true to himself at the same time. Um, yep. Number two is Project Pat. I'm a huge 3-6 Mafia fan. I grew up in the South, like listened to, grew up on Southern hip hop. Project Pat to me uh, reminds me of when like in high school was studying poetry and learning about stressed and unstressed syllables. And when I listen to my favorite Project Pat songs, it sounds like a drummer playing a hi-hat, like eighth note hi-hat. And you can hear when he stresses and unstresses and stresses and unstresses. And he like, he understands how to create this really hypnotic sort of like, you. Get, I mean, I don't always know what he's saying, but I love to listen to him because I just, he takes me away. He, I mean, he's like, I think hypnotic is, is really the best word for it. Um, he understands repetition. He understands how to create change out of repetition. And he understands meter in a way that, like, most people don't. Right. Um, same thing with Zero. I think I've not listened to all of Zero's music, and I don't know that anyone ever has. Um, but same thing. He's just, like, unbelievable. He's, like, truly Southern. He kind of reminds me of, like, um, he reminds me of Twista in the same way. Like he's able to do this sort of like extremely rapid fire thing, but you still hear his accent, like his deep Texas drawl still comes yeah. through and he's able yeah. to like rap at this unbelievable clip. Um, and he's, he's he just, he just it's, he's, it's really pleasing to listen to Zero Rap. It just sounds good. It sounds like he's having fun um, all while being like just this unbelievable technician. Um, and then number four, I have Vortal Mega because I think he's got one of the most important flows that has influenced what's going on now. Um, you know, you can hear echoes of him in Billy Woods, in Akai Solo, in any of the grip rappers, honestly, like even the rapid fire rappers like Lungs or Feek, like it comes from this like very intense percussive, like man on a street corner kind of vibe that Vortal has. Vortal is shouting at the void. He's not staring at it. And everybody else is watching him do it. You know, like he is, uh, I think he's starting to get his flowers in, in the way of like vast, especially on the cold vein, like vast punchlines were what everyone gravitated towards. Yeah, yeah. And now people are understanding that Vortal was like the cosmic force behind that record, at least. Um, and then Busta Rhymes, similarly to Quelle Chris, I just think that he is just like so elastic and so able to change what he's doing at the drop of a hat, at the turn of a dime. Like he, he can do the rapid fire thing. He can do the triple time thing. He can do this like weird offbeat sort of like, like a, a VHS tape that's getting caught in itself, kind of slowing down and speeding up at the same time. And he's so animated. He uses his voice and texture really in a, in a very brilliant way. Um, so all of the, I mean, a lot of my picks are, are based on, on rhythm first, but also willingness to like subvert whatever kind of rhythmic ideas are foundational to what they do.
No, it's a. I, I really like your team. You, yeah. Um, and I was thinking a lot about the, like Project Pat because of the emphasis. Um, there's like words he owns. You know, <laughs> like there's words that are like Project Pat words because you never heard them said like they were said before. Um, so that's that's great and. Bordel, I was thinking about in connection to Yasin Bey in an interesting way. In the sense that what flow-wise, Alaska explained this on like a call-out culture. He said Bordel will say some really deep, important shit, but he'll also say, like, he'll also spit as if he's freestyling. And some of it is off the top. So some of it's off the top, some of it's not, but all of it is really deep and important. And like, it was a bridge between the fanciness sometimes of underground or indie hip hop and that kind of impactful Mike Knight energy. And most had that too, right? So most was still giving deep stuff, but you know, but the, there was singing and there was and there was different flows and it was it felt very like of the moment it felt very in the moment i kind of think of them like Vortal especially like when you see a clown doing the trick where they're pulling the ribbon out of their mouth and it's this like for me it's the way i relate that to Vortal is like he's reaching way deep down into himself pulling these things out and he's doing it in this forceful way and you can't keep that same tempo up the whole time. So sometimes things slow down. Sometimes they come out rapid fire, but they all just kind of like, he's, he's reaching into himself, taking his soul out and just flopping it on the table and being like, here it is. Right. Mm. Yeah. Shout out to Mega Graffiti. Ooh. Um, ooh. And Def C, how do you feel about the team so far? How do you, anybody in there that you want to talk about? Uh, of the people that you two have mentioned, I mean, I think everybody warrants, everybody you mentioned warrants uh, warrants conversation. I will say that I think you should have stuck with E40. Yeah. Uh, with no disrespect to be real whatsoever, because be real, you're also talking about, like, for a lot of people, the first distinctive rap voice they heard. Right. Like, there are so many people who are Cypress Hill fans who, like, you know, or who came to hip hop via Cypress Hill and his voice was he his voice is like cubes in terms of like it's very singular. You know exactly when you hear a first syllable of a be real verse, you know what it's gonna sound like. Um but I think forty is just so unpredictable, man, and and all over the all over the map in terms of where he puts his flows and I just think that I find the things he says more interesting, I think, than Be Real. Um, but again, with no shots to Be Real and no disrespect, I I don't say anything as interesting as E-40 does. And I think quite highly of myself as a rapper. So, you know, um, you know, just I think that I think. Uh, I, and then. Yeah, I mean, everything Dash said about everybody on his team was perfect. <laughs> That's good, yes. Especially the Vortal, the Vortal joint. 
the Vordo, like the magician's trick where he's just kind of pulling yep. words and language out of his sleeve in real time is yep. really dope too. Yeah, y'all got y'all definitely have excellent picks so far. The other thing I will say about Dash's team, do not break Zero's heart. Okay? If you date Zero, make it stick because it's fucking bad. Okay? Uh, ooh, Zero's got some got some tough songs for people that he used to used to be involved with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, incredible. He's, yeah, he feels like yeah. I've always Trey the Truth is one of my favorites uh, people um, in rap, and it de- it is they've been feuding and they're related and they used to be in a group together. They definitely feel like Mario and Wario sometimes, like uh, it, with Zero being the dark side of the Force. Like uh, Zero lives in a negative mental space that he communicates really accurately. Uh, I love. I love zero. Um, yeah, hectic, chaotic energy. So, um, Def C, let's talk about your team and who you have because you have some interesting people. Word, and I and I changed the order in which I drafted them because initially it was the order in which I'd highlighted them on the Google Doc, and it was kind of out of whack. So here's what here's the way I would go. Number one, Twista. I think somebody who often gets pigeonholed as being a gimmicky rapper, only rapping a certain type of way. But if you actually listen to him enough, you hear how intricate the wording of what he does is. And I think that for me is the mark of um, a truly great flow is it's also like, you know, where are you placing your syllables and are the syllables you're using, are they, are the words that you're using, are they intentional or is it just, you know, very well organized hot air, you know, um, in terms of where it sits on the, in the pocket and on the beat. So, and I think Twista is somebody even back to 94, if you listen to his first music when he was tongue Twista, very much had like a a very solid in the pocket, mid-tempo cadence to what it was he was doing. And then I think he just kept challenging himself to do more with it. Um, And at a certain point, one of the things I love, because this is kind of a Chicago thing where it's like, with no disrespect to New York, it always feels good to beat New York. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like anytime the Bulls beat the Knicks, it just felt different than, you know, beating the Pacers. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. Um, and I think there was that run where he was on, you know, Jay-Z's album. He was on Cameron's album. He was doing songs with Freeway. He was on that We Are the Champions posse cut on the Paid in Full mixtape. And he was just, he killed everybody. He 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 killed, he killed everybody he was on the song with from over there. And I think that that was a point of pride for me as somebody who was from here at a time when um, there weren't really a lot of Chicago rappers who were making noise like that apart from you know, twist in common. So, yeah, um, yeah I was going to say, Dempsey, like, because in May, I didn't have a rooting interest for regions in Maine. I didn't feel connected to New York. They don't care about Maine. Neither does Massachusetts. So I was just kind of observing everyone. And there was a period of time where everyone was 
paying Twister to come on their songs and they were auditioning their triple time flow for him. And he would just wax them. Like, you know, drag Hayes Twister to do a triple time. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you embarrassed? (laughs) Yeah, and and I think the thing that a lot of people fail to understand about double time, triple time, whatever, is like the shit still has to be musical. If I hear somebody like doing a five minute drum roll on a snare, right? It's impressive because they're able to maintain that consistency for so long. But at the end of the day, if if you're not doing anything with it musically, it's not going to be engaging beyond the initial gimmick. And I think that a lot of people think that they're doing Twister style when in reality, they're just doing a five minute drum roll on a snare drum with no other variation. Um, And I think that that for me is what puts Twister head and shoulders above everybody um, and his ability to like slow his flow down. I don't know if y'all heard the Vak Hill song he did last year, Vest uh, Check One Two, but the but his verse on that is very, you know, he slows his flow down because Vak Hill is not a double time rapper and he still kills it. You know, he still crushes it. So yeah, I think Twister's probably got the the best flow of all time. So I would definitely have. That's why I had him at number one. Um, and that's basically what I tried to do is put together like the, the Warriors lineup that has like, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, right, Kevin right. Durant, Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala in it. Yep, um, yep. so I wanted people who are able to do five people who are able to do everything well when it comes to flows and cadences, um, who also have styles that are distinct from one another in terms of how they approach rapping. So, like, Andre mm-hmm. 3000 is one of those five-tool players. You could hear, you know, like, just his verses on Equimini, on the song Equimini, like, the difference between the first verse he kicks versus the second verse. Or, you know, his interlude on Blonde, the Frank Ocean album, yeah. where he's, like, the, his flow on that, he's flowing, like, basically, if there's a piano solo underneath him and his syllables fall between the piano notes and it's still in the pocket and on beat. And you hear something like that and it makes you want to quit rapping. <laughs> like, like what else, what else can I possibly, how can I improve on this in addition to the writing being so good? And I think that that's something that we don't, again, take into account when it comes to people who have flows that are that are really interesting because over the course of a project the interest starts to wane if you're not interested in what's being said like even i would say with the drill with you know the drill rappers now or with certain trap rappers or i was just watching this video of lola brooke performing um who's like she's a viral drill sensation from new york and i was watching her perform a song and people knew her flow is super crazy, but people also were able to know the words, memorize them because they loved saying them that much. And I think that's something to factor into a flow as well. And so Andre 3000 definitely fits that bill to a T. Um, and then number three, I had Freddie Gibbs because <laughs> I think that was when I heard him rap on the flamboyant instrumental by Big L. I was like, oh, 
I've been hustling backwards this whole time because I'm thinking that there's only one way to rap on a beat like that. And then you hear somebody like Gibbs doing double time on it or, or just kind of like, you know, morphing his flow around anything he rhymes on. The shit is super crazy. You can also tell when he's pulling certain influence from certain spaces without sounding like he's biting somebody else's style, which is um, really dope. And I and like hearing him talk about the rappers he grew up listening to and how they like the song BFK. He talked right. about how his flow on that he borrowed from uh, Trick Daddy verse. Um, and so, and like applied to what he does himself. And, you know, the fact that Gibbs can rap that well over pretty much any production and sounds at his best doing it over, you know, the kind of music that Mad Lib produces for him, which is so disjointed and, and fragmented um, and unquantized, but he never misses a beat, literally. Um, it is what makes what he does so impressive to me. And I think one of the reasons why I like the grandma stove from his from Soul Sold separately, which is like in and of itself as a project. If you want to learn how to mm. how to rap really well over every kind of instrumental, that album is the one to study. Um, at least the you know that dropped this year. But I think hearing a song like Grandma Stove and his flow on there, you can also kind of tell like. This was something that he might have written to just, you know, somebody slamming a fist and a pen on the table, making a beat. Like, it, it's something that I think would be just as powerful acapella right. um, and just as musical acapella as well. And you can't really say that about a lot of rappers' flows. So um, I got Gibbs there at three. And then four is Shauna, just because her verses on RPM are that good. Like, if you, you know... And she was one of the few rappers who was able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Twista. She has been everywhere from, like, Lyricist Lounge as a member of Infamous Syndicate to even just doing the background vocals on ludicrous songs that went, you know, diamond or, you know, triple platinum. And she's always been a great rapper and a master of a bunch of different styles. I, I really wish... She got more recognition for how talented she is. And I think her two verses on RPM are two of like the best examples of how to rap really well from a technical and musical standpoint without sacrificing writing one iota. Um, it's kind of like, for me, it's like, you know, if I have the chance to draft somebody who I know is going to be able to put up 80 to 100 points, of course, I'm going to draft them and stick them in the lineup. You know, and I think that's what, like, Shauna's ceiling when it comes to her flows and her cadences is unlimited. So I have, yeah, that's why I drafted her at four. And then um, at five, Sketch 185, just because it's like, all right, we, we have, we have covered every element of flow and cadence except for the styles that came out of New York Underground. They're like the Good Life Cafe or um in you know or chicago galapagos for a moment and i think sketches flow sketch can do every single kind of flow um you know oftentimes he'll change it up within a verse and similarly to what elucid does 
it's still musical, but in a very unorthodox way. And it's, and it's still, and the writing is good enough to where like the flows are interesting. You'll come back to the music and find something new every time. Um, and also just, you know, that's my big brother. I learned a lot from him and he's one of the best rappers in the history of the city. One of the best rappers walking the planet. And even though he might not have the same, have a command of cadence that sounds similarly to the other four people I mentioned, it's still impressive because it checks off every other box that these four would not necessarily be able to check off in terms of their approach to the music. Um, and somebody like Elucid, it's kind of, you know, the same way. There's a musicality there. There's an intentional use of negative space, you know. Um, so yeah, those are my five and my reasons why I picked them. Yeah, I was so happy to see Shauna's name on here um, and to see you pick Shauna. I think Shauna was, was absolutely wonderful um, and, and still, still rapping and still doing great work, apparently, with songs that I've heard. Um, but I think it's similar to the Flo Millie thing where it's like, it's impact, right? Shauna, Shauna was was totally the star of the stage, you know, um, and with that flow, with that delivery, um, everyone was tuned in, and yeah, you know that label, that DTP label, is my pick for the worst label to be on. Uh, it's I because there's so many great. People squandered in the background of that stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I'm glad you did that. Yeah, it was awesome. Word, yeah. DTP had her two chains, Field Mob. It's kind of cra it's kind of crazy. It's yep. like the early two thousands Bulls when we had everybody before they hit their prime. Yeah. Um, like damn, we had Jamal Crawford, Ron Artest, and Elton <laughs> Brand. And Tyson Chandler, what the fuck? How did we mess that up? And now, and now I'm just salty over sports. So let me mute myself <laughs> before I get more upset. Sketch is so cool. Sketch has like Sketch 185 has so many volumes, like so so many different volumes that he can hit. Uh, so cool. I would love to hear a Sketch 185 album, which is like a live band. Uh, because the voice is just so enormous, it wouldn't get eaten up. I I love, I love listening to Sketch One Eighty Five. So I'm, I don't, yeah, great picks and yeah, it's uh, you've you've got the technical side, you've got you've got a lot of it covered. Um, I dig it, I dig it. Dash, what do you what do you think about the the Def C team? Uh, I think that is. Some of the most well reasoned, uh, it's some of the most well reasoned picks I've heard. That's it was really good. It makes a whole lot of sense. And I was mad as hell when I saw that he picked Andre three thousand before I could. Oh, Andre three thousand. The the thing I was thinking about with Andre three thousand was how I may, he may have been the first rapper where I noticed how easily he was able to segue I to different flows in different pockets. 
because before that, every every flow change felt like a beat switch kind of flavor to it. Like I'm doing something new right now, right? I've switched. You see this, right? And Andre was always so slick that he could do it three different ways in the matter of three minutes. And you, you know, general public wouldn't even notice, you know, he didn't, you know, it was just, he just made it all seem easy. You know, it always, it always sounds really unbothered by the insane acrobatic things that he's doing. He's just doing it. That's it. That's what he does. It's amazing. Yeah, so that's that's a great pick. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I would never pick Andre three thousand because I am hurt that I never got an official solo album after the uh, the double. Okay, album. let me. I would like to speak to this. I would like to speak to this. I think a lot of people have over the years tried to discredit his abilities because yeah. he doesn't have an official solo album. And what I choose to say to those people is you have the Outcast catalog, right. which is full of some of the best rapping anybody has ever done from both him and Big Boy. So um, you might not get an official solo album because there's also the chance that he just doesn't feel like doing it the way that people will expect him to. And he would rather just show up, make music on his terms, and then dip off somewhere for a while. But I think about like just his life of the party verse. Who who else who came out in '94 is breaking the internet with a feature like that, right? Yeah. So you can't discount him based on the fact that he doesn't have an official project in his catalog when his skills have been readily apparent for 25 years now, 25 years plus. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I've got. I've, I'm a lot more mature than I used to be about it. I'll say that. <laughs> um, I used to feel very spited uh, by by because I, I loved Outcast so much and loved. I mean, I guess yeah. And there's, you know, there's people who, you know, had incredible. Like I, I don't know. I was thinking about CeeLo Green, right? CeeLo Green at one point, I think, had a shot. At being one of the most important rappers in the world, he's different delivery, different kind of thing, and kind of fell off a king of funk cliff into a different world. Uh, so you're never guaranteed anything, but yeah, he's he's laid some of the best guest verses you'll ever hear. So can't beat it. Uh, yeah, Kate, what do you think about the team so far? How are you feeling? I mean, I think it's great. I like I've learned a lot uh just by listening to you three. I've learned a couple of names I'm gonna go check out. I definitely want to check out Shauna. Because I oh, do right. remember I do remember her from the early two thousands. Uh, I just never never like really looked into her discography. Yeah. I need all, to know she all had you one. need all you need to listen to. I'll give you one song just to save you a little bit of time. Yes. RPM Ludacris and Shauna, RPM. Hmm. I remember hearing that when they played it on the radio, Power 92, and I was floored. I could not, I was 
my 12, 13 year old brain could not wrap my head around what I was hearing. Okay. So yeah, you'll you'll rock with it. You'll definitely yeah. rock with it. That's a yeah. classic song. She was supposed to do an album with Ludacris called Battle of the Sexes that he like they had differences, he dumped her and just kind of put it out himself as Battle of the Sexes, which didn't make a lot of sense. So um yeah, botched opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, so, Kay, what do you? What is? Who's your first pick? What do we got? So when when I made my team, I thought of it kind of like an architecture. You know, like in architecture, you know, uh, you know, and the architect comes into the space and it's a blank space, and they have to figure out how to build a. Uh, like build a physical construction, a physical object that not only like fits the needs of what the, you know, the person who's paying for it wants, but it also at the same time is appealing for people uh, to, to come into and want to be in, like a space that people would want to be in. So all of the people that I have on my list, I went off uh, with, I thought of it as who has built buildings or who has built songs that I have really come to enjoy or I, I've really enjoyed. Uh, so my, my first pick for me was a no-brainer, uh, was Jay-Z. Hey. Uh, and I just think in terms for Jay-Z, I think he's built a lot of great buildings. Uh, I mean, I... The, the ones that I go back to constantly are Jigga What, Jigga Who, uh, the La 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 remix off the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack. I believe it's Bad Boys 2. And then the PSA, uh, Public Service Announcement off of Black Album. And I mean, the aha moment for me is I, I was listening to the PSA. Uh, so Black Album came out in 2003. I listened to PSA uh, like in July of this year, and I was still picking up on things technically that he was doing uh, that I didn't pick up on for 20 years. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's the same with, and that's, you know, with a great building, you can appreciate it, but you really have to take time with it and really appreciate and study the building to kind of understand what the architect was doing uh, that you, you've come to enjoy so naturally. And I think Jay-Z does that a lot for me. So he will, he will in terms of flow, I think just think he had the full package. Uh, he has the full package. Now, whether he's rapping at that level nowadays, that's a different story, but he's built some of my favorite buildings uh, as well, Sam. I love it. I love it. Uh, so my second pick was actually, um, I'm going to go with Pimp C. And I, I just think for, for Pimp C, I think Pimp C, one, I, 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 I've always heard him in the context of other people. So whether it be like one day, you know, one day off of the UGK album, uh, or big pimping with Jay Z and Bum B, or international players anthem. He's always I've always heard him in the context of other people, and every time I've heard him with other people, and I and I shouldn't just say other people. I mean these are 
he's been on the track with some of the greatest rappers of our of modern time. There's just been a some there's just been a certain it factor about him that stands out. Uh, and and I think that his flow, he was able to combine an uh, you know a wow factor along with a high technical ability. Uh, I think he had a great sense of rhythm, uh, and he just had that 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 certain fucking energy, mm -hmm. I, to put it bluntly. Uh, that was just like exhilarating to hear. So every time you hear him, it just feels like an entirely fresh experience, regardless yep. of the content of what he was rapping about. Just the way he was rapping about it made it made it exciting. And then uh, my third pick was Little Wayne, uh, and it and it's it's for a lot of the same reasons as as Jay Z in a lot of ways because I think Little Wayne and I and the, the project that stood out for me is Drought Three from him. Uh, that's still an album I go back to. Uh, it came out in 06, I believe, 05, 06. And I still, I still go go up back to at least once a month, and I'm still picking up on like Jay Z. I'm still picking up on things uh, that I was that I had missed beforehand uh, when I was younger. As I as I've grown as a listener of music, I've grown in appreciating Lil Wayne as well, and really understanding like beyond like the gimmicks and the tricks that he had, there was a high level of technical ability and intelligence behind what he was doing uh, and what and still is doing, I should say. Yep. Okay, so my last two picks are a little bit like, I, I kind of struggled with these ones, but I kind of went with my heart. Um, my fourth pick is Young Thug. And it's it's kind of weird because I don't, I don't know consciously know why, but I think like hearing Young Thug uh, for the first time, really kind of stretched my imagination about what a hip hop flow should be. Uh, and I like I think about it like I don't. Most of the time, I don't know what he's saying, but <laughs> I think his flow is the closest thing to a musical instrument to the jazz, to like a jazz. Like I, I don't. To me, Young Thug is not a rapper. He's more of like a jazz artist. In a way, not not like like, it's not like necessarily scat, but it's like a blend of scat and lyricism, in a way that like I don't. It may seem easy and may seem kind of lazy to like the untrained ear, but there's something there's something unique and high level about what he's doing, that can't easily be replicated. Um, so the, he was my fourth pick. And then the fifth pick, this is the one like I teetered on. But I, as I said, I went with my heart. And my fifth pick is Doja Cat. Ooh. And I think the selling point for me for Doja Cat was uh, she did a remix of an Ariana Grande song called 3435. And that was the first verse from like a modern rapper where I had, where I just, maybe not necessarily content wise, but 
I examined it and I studied it from like a technical standpoint. And I, I just think that Doja, one, her enunciation is, it's crystal clear. Every single word she says, I understand. Uh, I think she has a great under, she has a great understanding of pockets uh, and space. Um, I think she has a great technical ability as well with her voice. Uh, she can change her voice very quickly and is very efficient uh, and very sharp in how quickly she can change her tone. And then also, I think on top of it, I think her understanding of, and this is something that I value in flows, is the understanding of momentum. Yeah. Uh, I think the, you know, the great and technically good rappers have a, a unique understanding of how to create momentum and they under it's like a great point guard in the uh on the nba team like a chris paul or something they can understand what the flow that's necessary in any given moment of the song so they may start with one flow and then slow it down if they need to to accentuate something and then speed it back up again uh so, and I think understanding of momentum takes a lot of, you know, intelligence and skill to be able to do that. And I think Doja, I think she has that. My, my, my gut and my heart are telling me that she has that. So she's my, she's my fifth person. I like it. I like it. Uh, Dash, I think if, if there's a theme to, like, Kay's picks, I would say it seems like... Uh, these are people who sound very free, right? Like uh, there's a, and that, that's kind of the, the connective tissue between Wayne and Young Thug, right? Is like mm -hmm. when you, there, there's a lot of MCs where it sounds like they are constrained by their flow. I am master of this flow, but really the flow has become, you know, your master, you're, you're abiding by it. And Wayne always sounded free as a bird, doing whatever he wanted, and Young Thug built on that, and Pimp C was always that way. Right? Pimp C was shocking uh, in, in, in that sense, and Doja carries all that energy now. Uh, so I think to me, that's kind of does, – does that make sense, Kay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that and that – and like you said at the beginning of the show, like, lists are not about – you know, who we think is, quote, unquote, the best. It's really lists our reflections of what you value as a person. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you, like like you said, I think what you just said kind of, you know, that's kind of aha moment for me as well. Uh, you know, you're, what you what you put on your list is what you value as a person. And I, like you said, I value that freedom uh, that all of those rappers have. Awesome. Are you feeling about it, Def C? I feel like this man picked last and picked the best fucking team. Now I'm mad. <laughs> he's, he's, that's it. K comes, cleans up. Quiet, listens. He goes, okay. Boom. Comes out and comes out and sweeps up. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great we deal. Were, we're, playing, we're playing chess and he's playing bingo with a full card. Like already. <laughs> Chip on every number. Damn. Yep. Yep. 
I love the Young Thug pick. I think that one is yeah. especially inspired. I remember in what was it, 2014, 2013, when um, the tour came out and Whoa. Lifestyle became yeah. like the hit that it was. And the fact that Young Thug could take, I don't know, he's like the rap Elizabeth Frazier from Cocteau Twins or something. He took this like <laughs> gibberish, I don't know what he said in that chorus, but that was all anyone was ever, was singing. My coworkers were singing that. That was like, that was the moment. It was uh, unbelievable that you could just, that you could do that. that he found, yeah. he found a special freedom when he did that. It was, and then like his whole career has been building off. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the shit, like, even if you don't understand him, you could tell he's not, it's not gibberish. I think that's what makes it all the more impressive is like, you know, he just has a really heavy Atlanta accent. So that's the thing that is, but like, he's saying words. He's not just saying whatever the fuck. Um, and then I think that, uh, what else was I going to say? You know who put me on the Young Thug? Was Sketch 185. Sketch that's put me on the Young Thug, which is if you know Sketch's music, um, it does not sound very much like Young Thug, but the song he put me on with was uh, My Diamonds, They Say Pikachu, They Say Pikachu. <laughs> if you walk by me in the club, they just might wink at you, which is yeah. um, amazing. Um, yeah. Album. Thug, all of these picks are amazing, okay? Like, every single one of them, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I feel like there was a period of time where they were like, we were trying to figure out who was like the Atlanta person. And it was like, there were young thug people and there were future people. And it was like a real thing because both of those guys were clearly doing really inventive, interesting work. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And they were compared against each other. And like, you know, even no matter what team you were on, you respected the other side <laughs> of the coin. Right. Like, um, Young Thug has the ability to put out. You remember that acoustic album, the Pretty Girls, Easy, easy Breezy Thugger Girls, or whatever. <laughs> and like, and that came out. They were like acoustic. You know, Young Thug put out an acoustic guitar album. We were, and everybody was like, "Okay, that makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's actually an acoustic guitar album. I think he's just playing an acoustic guitar on the cover. <laughs> Because there are definitely drums on that album, like a lot That's of right. drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was, I thought that was, but that was the response, was <laughs> what you're saying, Dan, is everybody, I had the same exact reaction. I was like, oh, no, somebody put a guitar in this man's hand. We're going to get another uh, Lil Wayne. I'm not a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then wound up being super crazy. So salute to Thug, man. And uh, listen to like the part. Not to, not, I just want to say one more thing about Young Thug because it's he's. I just love that pick so much. You listen to like the barter, and oh yeah, how like he like that that album is so crazy to me because those beats are like vapor. They're like not really even there. Yeah. And then he's just, yes. like, yeah, and he's just like, fine, like twisting and turning. It's like he turned the, these like tiny elements of you know beats that it just basically like if you would erase them off the paper blew the eraser dust out and you could see the outline he turned those into some sort of labyrinth and like wormed his way through them in this way that like no one else does that shit he's it was it's mind-blowing what he does yeah 
Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I was gonna this the, the question I would ask before we before we move down the thing, I would say, is there anybody you feel like is could be isn't quite on this list yet, but could be next year? Um, I mean, I I I don't know, to be honest with you. I think that, that that's kind of the cool thing about where we're at with a lot of rap shit now is people are constantly evolving and kind of doing experimenting pushing the margins so yeah absolutely i just don't know who i mean and a lot of the people i added to the draft pool so to speak were people who uh a lot of people i added to the draft pool were like just the first people i came up with and every right. time i added a name to the list i was like damn i forgot and then i added somebody else and somebody else and somebody else so yeah i mean stick figure you know, should have made the list but didn't. But Sticks got yes. an incredible flow and cadence. Nicholas F., somebody else. Concept yeah. Jackson. You know, Concept like, Jackson you know, is on there. I oh, Concept he is on Jackson, there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Concept Jackson is incredible, too. Like, there are just so many. There are so many names that could be on that list that are not. Um, and we didn't even really right. get into, like, the, the nitty-gritty of the 90s. Like, you know, Buckshot, Buckshot should be on there. You know, Tech and Steel from Smith and Wesson, right? Like, there are a bunch of people that could be on there that are not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we were to add a name to the list, each of us, for the next year, it still would not be long enough to encompass, you know, everybody who has uh, a singular, you know, amazing flow. Yep. What were you saying, Dash? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, someone who will definitely appear on next year's list is Fly Anakin. I think he's been operating at a super high Ooh. level. And he's Ooh. starting to like, chip away the thing that he's been doing kind of breathlessly. And uh, he's really, I don't know, he's extremely exciting to watch to me. And an incredibly interesting person. Like, he, he just, you if anybody out there, like, who has listened to a lot of Fly Anakin and loves Fly Anakin, Listen to that Real Notes episode with Cinema Psy. Um, it's just incredible. Um, you know, it's just incredible. He's a really interesting introverted dude who's also just a monstrous MC. So it's great. Great to check, but yeah. It's good. Yeah, and he's starting to, I love how he's starting to use his voice too. Like that, that Frank album was really dope. Um, really, really dope, and one of the one of the albums of the year that I think more people should be talking about because I revisit it quite often. Oh, it's a great album, and I, my pick for someone who might be on my list next year um, is Love Ulysses. Uh, Love mm -hmm. Ulysses is, is so. I mean. Ever since the feature on Alaska's Human Zoo, I was like, who is this? Um, you know, it went down this hole and, like, Love Ulysses is so, like, sounds so reckless to me. Like, um, every, every everything seems like it could fall off the cliff, uh, but it doesn't, you know? Um, and I just love that. So, he's done so much different weird stuff that it, it's... Yeah, Def C was talking about E40. Me and my friend used to call each other. Have you heard this fucking 
E-40 song where he says this shit or does this shit. Like, that's how I feel about some of these really strange Love Ulysses songs. Uh, Big Ad Dog. and Like, just, just wild. Uh, I love... I love the flow. So, uh, really interesting cat. Yeah. Love you, Lisa. So, I would, I would say that that would be somebody I have in mind. But Yeah, he's a beast. And and I think in that spirit, right, there are a lot of young rappers who I know of um, who I think would be on that list, like 16, Raheem, Wodeen, uh, who are a couple kids from here, Desire, Seven, Audiovisual, you know, younger people who, you know, you may not be familiar with because they're former students of mine. So, of course, they're on my radar, but they might not be on everybody else's. But people who, again, have kind of singular flows and are very, very talented, who uh, deserve looks. And, yeah, nah, fly What advice would you give, you know, an artist trying to get to that? What advice would you give an artist trying to get to that next level? Um look at your syllables as notes of music and um that would be like the the technical advice and then the non-technical advice would be listen to music that has no rapping in it Mm. learn learn how music that doesn't have rapping in it like learn what what it is the instruments can do to a song and then look at your voice in the same way um or even, you know, music that uses, that has time signatures that you may not be familiar with. You know, just things like that, I think, are are important things just to kind of study. Um, and also, you know, be open-minded. There may be a rapper who sounds nothing like you that you could learn from. I think I've definitely learned from listening to Young Thug. I sound nothing like him. Same with Future. If I sounded like him, it would be problematic. Uh, (laughs) Also, in addition to being problematic, also just wouldn't sound like me, but I still learn from them and apply it to what I can apply it to as an artist. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's fair. I mean, there's a lot. It's a flow paradise now. And the other thing is, Kay, to check about flow, right? We are entering a new wave of rappers that, like, when I was growing up, long time ago, singing was not something a rapper should do or was allowed to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If That was like a real foreboding. Like, rappers hated R&B singers for an irrational reason. It was really strange. <laughs> uh, like, uh, but... We have a this. This is a wave of rappers that are really good at singing, and so oh, the, yeah. the lines are blurred. And like I was thinking about like Smino, like yeah. Smino's so damn fun to listen to, flow wise. Um, and so we're we're entering an, an era of that is like that, where the singing and the rapping are are bonding in that way. Yeah, I mean the the person that I was thinking of really was Saba. Yeah, and, and it, it kind of ties Shout to what you were saying. Yeah, it's like what you were saying about the tension. There's a tension between rapping and singing now. Where I think the rappers, like, like they know, like, okay, like, I think Saba knows, like, not I think, Saba knows he can rap, obviously. Yeah. 
though singing is the exciting thrilling part that's the challenge for him like okay like i don't feel as comfortable in singing let me and and i think like the high level rappers or the high level in any industry industry wherever that not only are they curious but they're looking for challenges and so i think for a lot of rappers singing has become their new challenge yep Definitely. And to speak to to speak to Sab, I mean, that kid, he and his brother Joseph are musical geniuses. I've been fortunate mm -hmm. enough to know them for a while. Um, and I think that's something that Sab is uh, like a, a brilliant pianist and producer. And I think he is somebody who we looked at, like if we were Wolverine, we were looking at him like Weapon X. Like, oh shit, like here comes here comes somebody who has the same skill set we do when it comes to the, the the approach to writing lyrics, but who also has mastered this melodic stuff that we can't really grasp ourselves because we're so busy trying to trying to be the best rappers possible that we're getting out rapped by people who have that understanding of melody. So mm. I think that I think you know, Sab and Joe, just to, because you cited them as examples, I think are two people who very much understand like how to use their voices and when, and they're very intentional about it. Even like the emotional buildup is part of the writing process, you know, when you work with those dudes. So yeah, um, definitely. It's, it's always dope to hear Sab brought up. You can say that about everybody in Pivot Gang. Say that about yeah. Saba, Joseph Williams. You can say that about Mello. You can say that about Fresh. Like all of these yep. guys are have very unique approaches to rapping um, that makes like the rappers rappers want to step up their songwriting and the songwriters <laughs> want to step up their rapping every yep. single time. Yeah. It to to speak to your, I mean, Defsy reminded me of something I wanted to say about Pimp C, which was Pimp C might not have the easiest flow on the list, right? Like of of like, uh, in terms of I don't know just the athleticism of it, but because Pimp C's an incredible producer, and like was really behind the UGK sound, a lot of the Texas sound, he had conductor brain, right? So whenever you listen to a UGK song, you're like, oh shit, the 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 most standout line was Pimp C's first line. Right, like, and yeah, he knew how to do that. He knew how to hit you hard in the right places because he knew the story of the song. If, if, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, um, yeah, he had the conductor brain. He knew where things should be. Um, yeah, what a very important person. And I think that's kind of vast has that function on Cold Vein, right? Like, he's the hit you in the face guy. And Vortal is the, the technical spine. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, great, great list. Really enjoying that. Any final thoughts before recommendation corner? Going into recommendation corner, talk about what we love to listen to. Uh, I think someone that I wasn't, I didn't put on my list, but I think kind of fits the criteria that we've been talking about in terms of like conductor brain is Makami. Um, I go back to 26 yep. Twitter yes. a lot, that first song of uh, Pray for Haiti, because it's that 
horn sample that is just kind of trilling in the background and he fits his flow to that sample. He does that constantly where he'll like, he'll mimic what the instruments are doing and it becomes this really fluid thing. And he understands like when to stop doing that in order to build tension and then when to like jump back into it and it becomes this release. He under, I mean, that's what music is, just a build up of tension and release. Yep, yep. Like he has, he understands that like to a T more than, more than a, more than a lot of people. Do. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he, that's, he's somehow Mac Hami has found a way to sound like a mystery. You know, like he's like, you, he sounds like you just never know what's going to happen, you know, and that's, he's figured out a way to make everything pop in that way. Uh, you know, face scarves and, you know, yeah, speaking speaking different different dialect and all that. Yeah, I I was about to say that I think that's something that like being able to speak a language like Creole, and I think like a lot of people who speak a lot of different languages, their approach to rapping tends to be a bit more musical because you know when when you depending on like every language kind of in my opinion at least sounds more musical than english does you know so like there's yeah, yes. musicality to what it is they do that translates very well over to rapping which is why you have people like bad bunny and jay balvin who are Ooh. really 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 good rappers uh with really interesting flows and we don't talk about them because they're reggae tone but i think part of that is you know inspired by where they come from and you can say the same with dance hall artists you can say the same with grime artists you know i think that that's there's something that we can learn from all of that um if we listen closely enough yeah and uh i think mock also is just somebody where i i listen to him i think there are rappers where it's like man i wish i could have come up with that before dude did and then there are people where it's like, how the fuck did he come up with that? And Makami is mm -hmm. in the latter category. Like, I'll hear him. He had that one Easter Gun Day song he was on with West Side Gun, where he, like, has two flows. He's running parallel, like, on different. So, hi, do smoke? Peugeot. I read the lyrics, but uh, they've all been taken off the internet due to DMCA copyright complaints by Makami. Um, but like the, all of that stuff, like the way he lines his flows up, even that song um, with the God Fahim, uh, uh, Shake Pull Up, You Shake the Masjid, like where he's kind of that phrase, he's rhyming with that phrase the entire time. I mean, he's somebody who just has his, he's kind of like a magician, like the magicians with the card tricks where they're like, they line the cards up on their arm and then flip them and they all fold and you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what Makami does with language. And I think that's part of what makes him so compelling as a rapper too. And it's something he's leaned into in recent years as well. I think he's, he knows like he's hitting an entirely different gear when he raps. Yeah. Um, and sometimes as part of that gear, you become, like you said earlier, Dan, like you just kind of become freer in terms of the way that you say things and your approach to rhyming. So, um, yeah. yeah. Mock is an excellent pick, for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, moving moving to recommendation corner, I was going to start, Kay, uh, with so someone who's on this list, 
put out an album uh, this last week, and it was like a major influence on me. It was the first time I heard someone with a with an actual lisp make the lisp fly, make the lisp a part of their flow, uh, and was the cool G rap, you know. Um, and G rap came out with a new album called Last of a Dying Breed. Uh, that is the most New York thing you could ever imagine, right? He's wearing a Carhartt jacket on the cover. <laughs> song with the uh, Royal Flush, Vado, uh, it, it's you know AZ's uh, like it, it's just it's it's extremely New York in a great way, and uh, it's it's interesting. A lot of great guests, great verses, but. I kind of want them all to go away, and I kind of just want to hear more G-Rap. Like, that's just it, – it's not their fault, right? He's G-Rap. He's he's so good, um, and I just want more of him. So I'm, I was so happy to get that, um, and I'm still cherishing that. Um, the other pick, okay, one of the great live albums of all time. Ooh. I always come back to Mary J. Blige, the tour. Ninety-eight, share my world tour. Woof! I love this. I love that album, dude. It, it's it's not just it's a it's an incredible like run of songs, right? It, it's mm -hmm. you know you go right real love. You remind me, reminisce, sweet thing. Like you know it's it's a murderer's row, but like her the way she's talking to the audience is incredible. And like Mary is someone who is so directly emotionally connected to the audience. Yeah. That it is something to behold, man. Like the audience gave her strength and power uh, in a way that's really beautiful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she just has a gift. She has a gift in, in that regards of just, like Mary J. Blige fans love Mary. Like, like it's like a like it's one of their cousins, like a family member. That's how much they love her. Yep. Yeah, and she's and also just like one of the first transparent R and B divas. Like where it's just you feel you really felt like you got a chance to know her because she was so authentic into herself. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that that's part of what it is too and and i think you know when you consider her struggles with like drugs and alcoholism i think music and her fan base you know she was always universally beloved you never had anybody yes. who was coming out saying anything negatively about what she was doing in the press or and if they did she had people who went to bat for her because she just seems like such a genuinely good-hearted person yeah and and like a a really talented musician who always like when you think about the fact that she was the one who put puffy onto the locks or like when you think about um when you think about the rappers she worked with who she advocated for like she didn't have to do a song with method man in 94 no she didn't have to do that and that's a and that's one of the greatest songs in the history of hip-hop so Agreed. i think that that's you know like I, I really have a lot of love for Mary, and uh, I think her fans do too. And I think that's why she gets so much strength and power from them because, you know, they never, 
they always appreciated her for who she was and not necessarily like her celebrity. Um, so yeah, Mary fans do love Mary because she loves them back, you know. Yeah, and, and to your point, Def C, like there was a before Mary being a diva meant you were kind of above everyone, you existed on a plane kind of above, like uh. Mar- Mariah Carey and Whitney felt like they were on a different planet. From yeah. every- well, they sang like they sang like they were on a different planet too. They were hitting notes that people thought were physically impossible to hit. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it started as like a you know like I'm I'm on a different plane of existence kind of thing, and after Mary, people were like, no, nah, I want to be a I want to be this kind of diva. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mary modern, I shouldn't say modern, like I'll say 2022 R&B is really a reflection more of Mary than it is Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey. I'm with you. I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, I think Ari Lennox is a yeah. lot more uh, Mary than Mariah, you know? Yeah. Um, that's just how this stuff has, has gone through. And it probably, some of that probably is the connection, right? Uh, it, that, that people could feel the pain uh, that she was going through. So I, I'm, I'm into it. Dash, what are you listening to? What are you bumping? Uh, I got three, but I'll make it quick. So uh, one is this album Velvet Hammer by Cypher Soze and Sibs Rock. Uh, I don't know much about them other than that they're from Toronto and it, the album is like not, um, it's one of those things that's greater than the sum of its parts because I don't think anything is like, there's nothing totally mind blowing about it, but it creates this really specific vibe. Reminds me of some of the um, Future Wave produced albums. Um, maybe the Baldy James and Future Wave one, but some of the ones that he's done with like Danielson. Um, right. This really sort of like, it feels cold, like like deep winter cold, but also feels like, um, there's a lot of sweeping strings and kind of like psychedelic flourishes. Just a really cool Toronto rap album. Um, really enjoying that Sleep Sinatra and Don Carrera EP Ooh. a lot. I think that's really good. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was it's it's not a rap album. It is by a band called Horse Lords who started in Baltimore and they now live mostly in Berlin. But a lot of what we talked about tonight is about rhythm. And this band is an instrumental band. It's like a drummer, saxophonist, synth player, and guitarist. And they just like weave these incredibly tight, strange, hypnotic, rhythmic things out of those instruments that like you don't understand how they're how they're what they're doing with rhythm. It is a really fascinating record. Um, probably something that all of you would enjoy based on what we've talked about this evening. But those are my three for right now. By the way, Dash, should we talk about the work we have coming, or should we? Wait on that. Let's, let's wait on that. Just okay. Little... <laughs> okay. We'll wait on that. But anticipate it. I'm very, it's very exciting. So um, more to come on that. Uh, Def C, what are, you, what are you listening to? Um. So my first pick in the spirit of non-rap music, A Crow Looked at Me by Mount Erie. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that album, but that's one of I'm I'm currently in the process of working on uh, a new project that kind of taps into some vulnerable 
spaces. And I don't think that there's an album that is more transparent or well-written than that album. Um, it's a heavy listen though. Like it's definitely one of those, one of those albums where, uh, if people are not familiar with the backstory of it, Phil Elverum or Elverum, who's the, the one man band essentially behind Mount Erie lost his wife to cancer. Um, and then the following year recorded an album about his grieving process in the room that she died in. And oh, it's, but like the writing, it's amazing. It, it's like one of the best albums I've ever heard. Um, and I actually heard about it from Danny Brown called it the album of the year when it came out. And so that's when I went and checked it out. And it was like, especially dealing kind of with my own, at that point in my life, my own experiences with grief, it was really helpful um, and therapeutic to listen to. But man, is it fucking sad. Uh, but I, I really love it. I really love that album. So that's one I would recommend. Joshua Virtue, Rama album. Ooh, if you haven't Rama. listened to it yet, go check it out. If everything you love about rap music right now is on that album. If you're a fan of underground, independent hip hop, everything that you love about rap music is on that album. And lastly, I think I've lost it. Kill Von Gard, like Ooh. another another guy who uh, has always been very talented and, and very brilliant, who then came out of left field with this album this year that has really spread by word of mouth. Like there hasn't really been a lot of press or PR for it, but a lot of people have been putting on for it and listening to it. And he's, it's just like a very, like the, it's an album. If you took the tone of the TV show, The Bear, and like the uniquely kind of like white Chicagoan experience that's depicted in there and put it on an album, it would be this album. And uh, I mean, Kill Von Gard is very talented as a producer and a rapper. And I think the music he's going to come out with next is going to be even crazier. But that's, those are my three albums I'd recommend. Love it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. No, on the Loki, Danny Brown has had some really good musical takes over the years. Uh, you know, if Danny Brown says this album is great, Listen to it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna be interested in it. Um, Kay, what do you, what do you been rocking with? Uh, I mean, I'm still trying to digest the SZA. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I was kind of hesitant on it on the first listen, but now, like, I've given it a couple more listens, and now I'm starting to, to get it. I it's starting it. to connect with me. I, I guess you could say. No, no, it's uh, it's great, and uh, yeah, there's, God, yeah, the because of that uh, that uh, piece that the expert wrote, uh, I have been listening to a lot of that Patton Lock album. Uh, that is just really funny. Peyton, Peyton Lock. Peyton Lock. Yeah. Peyton Lock. American Answer is, is really, really good. Um, so, I've been the RIP to, to Peyton Locke on that. 
Um, but yeah, definitely pick it up. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we'll keep everybody up to date on news. But yeah, I'm excited for the uh, list season. You know, every year. Uh, it'll be exciting to to do. Uh, you ready, Kay? You ready? To yeah. Do it? I'm ready. So yeah, thank you, Def C, for making the time. Everybody, check out uh, for all debts, public and private, Boathouse Import Edition. Uh, I just thank you for for everything you've done, not just in your work, your flow, your writing, but I remember interviewing Solar Five and being like, "What do you think the turning point was?" for people really engaging with you. And he said, he paused and said, honestly, I think it was Def C. Mm. I think Def C told everybody I was great enough that they were into it. Like they started listening. Um, yeah. Done yeah. that for, you know, that's not nothing. And uh, we, we all appreciate that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, that's love, guys. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that that has been a goal of mine. It's like, you know, if I've if i been really grateful for the attention that the music has been getting this year and the Amplified platform, but if I'm not putting on for anybody else or I'm not using it to help anybody else, then, like, you know, the fuck is the point. So uh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Dan. And, uh, yeah, you know, Look for new music, Solar 5, Slime next year. I've heard a lot of their unreleased work. It's crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got some uh, – I got to get up with Joshua Virtue to record a couple more joints Woo! in the next week or so. Um, Love Joshua. When I'm, when I'm off work for break. And, yeah, for all that's public and private, available everywhere music can be streamed uh we got something special to kick off the year with next year uh we got a single coming in february produced by um a name that i think a lot of people are going to be excited to see next to mine um not alchemist as people keep asking me about <laughs> uh, if that's gonna happen and the answer is no it, i don't like you know maybe Fortunate, if I'm fortunate enough to make it happen, it'd be dope. But, uh, you know, I don't want to, I feel like I spoke that into existence. And then people always mention this man's name and mention me next to him on Twitter. And I know he's getting tired of people talking about this random fucking stranger. Right, right, right. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, I think people are going to be excited for it. And uh, I think I owe all three of you some unreleased stuff. So I'll make sure to send that along. Yeah, make yeah, sure to sure. send if you make sure to send all the songs you do with Jack Harlow to Dash Lewis. <laughs> I can't believe you would ever insult me like that. <laughs> I can't believe that you think that I would fall that far down the white rapper desperation <laughs> cliff to agree to doing a song like that. I That's I should crazy. I want. I want to ask you about that, Death Sea, because, like, there was this pocket of time that I know you loved on Twitter where everyone was giving their favorite white rappers 
and arguing about their favorite white rappers. <laughs> and you kept getting pulled into this conversation over and over with people being like, I look I at it. Here's, here's, how I, here's how I look at it, right? I look at it like this. Women have been unfairly categorized and grouped together as rappers in competition with one another, primarily black women, since right. for, the, for decades, right? Oh, yeah. And only now are we starting to accept the fact that, oh, you know, we can put women, men, non-binary people, however you identify, all in the same field because rapping and the craft is not dictated by somebody's gender, right? Right. right. Uh, on the other hand, I do think white rappers should be forced to compete with one another because, like, we, you know, like, I mean, hip-hop is might be a space where we feel safe, but we also are benefiting from being in that space and the safety of being in that space. And then once we leave it from our own white privilege and whiteness. So, you know, if we gotta be lumped in a category together and battle each other, if people wanna throw us in the Coliseum with, you know, the little helmets with the horns on it, and the, uh, you know, the shields and the, and the blades and all that, we could definitely we can definitely do that. I found it hilarious. I find it hilarious every time it's brought up. Um, I I told so I told my, I told Mighty Healthy on a live Instagram live. I said, I think it was a uh, I think it was a calculated move by Twitter to make Elon Musk feel comfortable. <laughs> like, don't worry, we're talking about white rappers. We're going to talk about what white rappers we like. You're gonna feel great about this. Saul, just white males, which that's what we're talking about, really. Um, and he was like, "Right on. This is good. This is this is, this is I'm into this." Um, yeah. Word. All right, I got a dip. Thank you guys so yeah. much. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Yes. Uh, um, and uh, everybody have a wonderful holiday. Happy holidays, y'all. Back to you. Yeah. Yep. And uh, hopefully, I'll speak to you soon. Peace. F. Charity. What will tomorrow bring? What will tomorrow?